Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday morning by Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the time is upon us. The NHL playoffs are here. They begin Monday, uh, maybe the day people are listening to this, for the Islanders against the Carolina Hurricanes down in Raleigh. And uh, surprisingly, despite being the team that got into the playoffs on the last day of the season, the Islanders are getting quite a bit of uh, love and respect going into this series. And of course, me being the sicko that I am, find that incredibly disturbing and frightening. <laughs> uh, what do you make of uh, the uh, Islanders being the favorite underdog? Is that is that a, an actual thing in, in betting? Because uh, it seems like that's what they are. Yeah, we could um, call them the, the trendy underdog for sure. Mm. Um, they're one of two. The, the Winnipeg Jets seem to be pretty trendy. Mm. Um, they're going up against Vegas. But I, I had a feeling this was coming, and I I didn't want it to uh, throw me down a spiral. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the you know when the Islanders te- seem to do their worst when teams you know people start believing in them spiral. Tell um, me about it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. So I didn't want to go down that road. Mm. Instead, I'm I'm choosing to embrace it. Embrace the fact that these people who have largely ignored the Islanders mm. uh, are thinking, oh, wait, they can they can give the the Hurricanes 
trouble. Uh, mm. I'm just trying to embrace the hilarity and the irony of it. Mm. Uh, because I, 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 I'm not confident. Mm. Confidence, but belief for round one here with this matchup. <laughs> the Hurricanes are a better team than the Islanders. They had a better season than the Islanders. They have a better kind of just consistency to their game than the Islanders have had for for years now. Mm. Um, and they've they've had a much they've had a lot more success against the Islanders than the Islanders have had against the Seriously. Hurricanes for man, I go back to that what was that two thousand trying to remember what season it was, but the Islanders had to I think it was two thousand two. Like the or maybe it was a six or oh six oh seven there was one season where the islanders needed to to beat the hurricanes in a meaningless game to to move up and in, in playoff seating and they couldn't do it um and arturs Urbe was in goal for the hurricanes <laughs> and since that time i've decided that the islanders have have been absolutely dominated by this team and it feels that way uh any win in especially ones in Carolina always feels huge with the Islanders. Like yeah. I remember that this first season with Boychuk and Letty, they won the first game of the season down there. And it was like, not only did they win, which is great. I think Boychuk might've had two goals in that game, but like the fact that they won in Carolina was a big one. And I remember there was a, there was one, I forget what year it was where Cal Clutterbuck scored an overtime against the hurricanes in Raleigh. And it was almost like a playoff series victory too. Like It was just like, man, they never win down here, which I'm, is definitely not right. But it just feels that way because they're yes. always dominated by that. And they, I mean, the, they had the the Josh Bailey one thousandth game down there where he he turned into Wayne Gretzky for for a couple of periods. <laughs> um, and last year was Kyle Palmieri had that crazy game where they, I think they tied it up late and then scored a game winner, mm. and he was like unplayable in that that game. Mm. They've had moments down there for sure, and that's really all you're you're asking for here is you know, get steal a game or two in Raleigh and yeah. hopefully take care of business at home. But, uh, I I just I think that there's so many things that the Islanders don't do well, and those things match up with the things the Hurricanes don't do well. Mm. So, for example, should the Islanders have have drawn a team like Boston or even Toronto, like one of those teams that has a, a power play that they can rely on to produce? Mm. You could say, "Oh, that is you know a huge issue because you can pencil in those teams for three or four power play goals at least in a series, and you can't do that to the Islanders." Whereas the Hurricanes, their power play has been been struggling of late and uh, hasn't been all that good for a while, uh, even with Svechnikov. And so that advantage all of a sudden becomes muted. And then you look at their forward group. If you go to like a daily faceoff or left wing locker, one of those sites that puts up the the line combos, if you look at like the Hurricanes forward group, and then you look at the Islanders, you'd almost want to say, look, these these two, the depth here is is very at least similar. Mm. I could listen to an argument that the Islanders have the better forward group. The defense, we're different story. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's there, there's there are still things, a lot of things to worry about. This is the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's, very frightening time. Yeah. Uh, and it, it feels like we haven't been here in, in a long time, even though it was just one year too. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about the gym, by the way, if I take a week off from the gym and then I go back a week later, it feels like I haven't been there in a month. You know, I mean, it's only really been 
six days as opposed to like five days or something. But uh, but yeah, the so the Islanders. Well, all right. So let's talk about um, the forward group, as you mentioned there, too. And the big thing for the Hurricanes is the loss of Andre Sveshnikov, who's been hurt for a while now. And while he's been out, the Hurricanes offense, which, you know, historically has been really good has suddenly seemed a lot more pedestrian. Um, they also don't have Max Pacioretty. And the funny thing about this is if you read uh, the Athletics play, uh, series preview, and, and if you haven't, by the way, don't, because it's worthless. Uh, they talk about Pacioretty <laughs> being <laughs> such a big loss for the Hurricanes. He's only played five games this year. Like he's played, <laughs> you know, he had three goals in those five games, which, hey, that's a great percentage, Max. Good for you. Five games. Like the dude, the dude was hurt. He got traded. He came back. He got hurt. He's he's not uh, he's not relevant to this playoff series right now. Uh, Svechnikov though was, and you know he had twenty three goals this season. Um, you figure, but that was in sixty four games. Like had, had he played another eighteen games, you got to figure he would have had a bunch more and probably would have been closer to thirty. And that's a huge loss for them. But here's the thing: um, the offense does a lot of the scoring for the Hurricanes. Uh, Brady Shea had eighteen goals. Um, uh, Brent Burns had. Uh, 18 goals, even Brent Pesci, you know, he had five, but he had 30, uh, 30 points. Um, these guys are really good. Slavin has had a hat trick against the uh, Islanders. I'm sure everybody remembers. And then of course they, at the deadline, they went out and got Shane Gostas bear whose entire job has been to score on the power play. So um, yes, losing Sveshnikov hurts, but this is a team that can still score goals, even though their average has come down a bit. And of course that means a matchup with, the Islanders forward group, which is now getting Matt Barzell back. And so my thing with this whole, as I have read these previews and, and you did a really great one. Uh, you can see it on YouTube. I'll put the link to it uh, for uh, an ed, the podcast edge work. Um, and I thought it was really, really, you know, uh, detailed and, and um, very, uh, it was very intelligent. You guys all got together and made it sound like, you know, there were ways this series can go that make a lot of sense. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, there's so much about both of these teams that we don't know right now. Like the Hurricanes, yeah, they don't have Sveshnikov, and we've seen that happen. But like, how is that team going to respond in the in the playoffs? And now with the Islanders getting Barzell back, how are they going to respond in the playoffs? Like, you know, uh, Barzell, he had a great uh, media talk, and you know, he he talked about how being back with the boys is giving him life, which if it's not already on a T-shirt, it should be. And uh, you think, oh man, this is going to be fantastic, but then you remember. And the Islanders didn't really score a ton of goals with <laughs> Marcel in the lineup when he wasn't hurt. So I don't know. There's just so much we don't know about this that I keep coming back to that. Like maybe I'm getting myself worked up for really just what's a big old question mark. I don't know. Does it feel that way? Yeah, it's the uh that's the that's the playoffs. Mm. Nobody knows anything. Bad game from a goalie or a weird bounce off of someone's kneecap. Uh Chris Kreider running into Harry Price and or Jacob Truba chicken winging Cindy Crosby in the head and everything, yeah, uh, changes. A goal um, called back by an yeah. incompetent referee, something along those lines. Something, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's just there's too many variables to feel confident in in any path that a clear path. But the uh, w- w- the Islanders, first of all, on Thursday night, the the last night of like the real regular season. Uh, everything started to break for the Islanders, uh, which was nice. I know that there's some people who kind of didn't see a difference between playing Boston or Carolina, uh, but I'll 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 probably take the team that that 
didn't have the best regular season we've seen right. in the salary cap era uh, with the best goalie in the league this year, numbers-wise at least, uh, Linus Olmark, because the Islanders need one advantage they have is that the Hurricanes don't really have a set starting goalie. The yeah. Islanders certainly do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, everything broke right for the Islanders on Thursday night. And that, I think, added to this kind of boisterous feeling that we all have. And then then two, two days later, uh, Matt Barzell's on the ice. And all of a sudden, you know, the chest, chest pop out a little more. And, and as my friend Chris said, nobody says the boys like Matt Barzell. He, he says it the best. <laughs> and so when you hear Matt Barzell just say the words, the boys, your, your chest kind of puffs out a little longer or a little further. And, and then you start hearing people talk to you know, talk about how they they have the Islanders with a shot here, with a real puncher's chance. And it's, I think you need to separate a couple of things, right? Like, or or the who's saying it. Mm. There are some really smart people who, who I know some, uh, you know, I, I, I used my old podcast partner on Line Change. Uh, he's known as So Money Sports on, on Twitter. And he's an incredibly, incredibly smart guy. And He's been betting the Islanders basically all season to win the Eastern Conference because he thought the, the number was long. And if they, they drew Carolina, they had a chance. And, and he got everything broke his way. Um, <laughs> mm. and, and he's, you know, when we talk, he always says that the, the thing that he likes is that for the Islanders to really to get the Islanders could get outplayed and lose a series, but for for them to just not have a ch- to not have a chance in the series to to almost just you know completely wilter, a lot of things would have to go wrong that are unlikely to. One of them being the goaltending, the other being the like just a complete abandonment of defensive responsibilities. Uh, so the Islanders feel like the floor is just. As the, their floor is basically as high as Carolina's, mm. especially with Barzell. Like, I think that's a huge that's a huge thing too. Like you said, the Islanders' offense was not scoring with this guy, <laughs> but then when they got Bo Horvat, they started to percolate a little bit, mm. and then Craig Smith showed up again. <laughs> and, and he tried to he tried to end the Islanders' season twice. Mm. Screw you, Craig. Yeah, we we, uh... we got through it. Um, but, uh, we have, we just haven't seen, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen these two guys play uh, a meaningful sample size together yet. So, Mm. uh, you know, all of a sudden that raises the floor a little bit. Um, yeah. And I was, as I was talking to him, trying to poke holes in the Islanders as best I could, I said, well, you didn't see Samuel Bolduc play, uh, against the Montreal Canadiens on, on Wednesday night. And if you did, you probably did just weren't paying attention to him because you know why would you? Right. Uh, and and that's where things I think you can start to s- spiral a little bit. But like I was saying, you you need to separate who's saying it because when when people put out their their preseason pro- or their their playoff prognostications, they felt they feel um like they have to tethered to the idea that they have to pick one upset. Yeah. So so when everyone you know when Luke Fox jukebox puts out his series <laughs> predictions, and the the beat writer for the Dallas Stars puts out his or her predictions. Like they're going to pick an upset. They're not going to pick the Panthers. Mm. They're not going to pick 
anyone to beat the Oilers or the Avalanche right now. So all of a sudden you're you're left with, with two real upsets because even though the Rangers are a slight underdog to the Devils and Minnesota might be a slight underdog to Dallas. And nobody would consider those upsets. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so there's two to choose from. Yeah. And it's Winnipeg <laughs> and the Islanders. Yeah. So when you're looking at those kind of mainstream outlets and, and they're picking the Islanders, they're going to say things like, you know, this this team – it's so such a hard out. They're going to be tough to deal with defensively. They're they're so good and whatever. But those are just the same. They they just dusted off their 2021 New York Islanders portfolio and and read the the party line. Whereas mm-hmm. we know that this team is is different from from what we saw yeah. in the bubble and and 2021 and even the team that swept the Penguins uh, and then got swept by these Hurricanes. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you if you find the folks. Like my buddy, so money who who are, who are breaking it down. He's they they've been watching the Islanders. They know that this team was bad defensively in the beginning and started to get better, and uh, that that Horvat and Barzell could bring up you know could could alleviate the offensive concerns, and and that their their second line with Angval, Palmieri, and, and Nelson is really dangerous. So mm. like just just be be mindful of like who who you're what you're reading and stuff. But but like I said off the top, like. I'm actually just going to embrace it because there's there's no there's just no sense in getting more worked up than we're already going to be because uh you know EJ Raddick or Mike Rupp is is picking the Islanders to upset people and you know <laughs> it's if if they if they can name you know more than 10 Islanders like like you said the athletic playoff preview Had Josh you, Bailey could, on the third line <laughs> Alex Romanov is Roman, is, is yeah. in yeah like yeah. Nobody watches us. So like if you can find the folks and you, when you read it you're like, "Oh, okay. the first question you should ask is is there uh has this person watched more than 3 to 4 periods of the Islanders this season because you'll be able to tell right away." Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, no, for, for sure. And yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are saying that cuz it's it's a talking point, you know. They can say it and uh and it's plausible. Like you can look at these teams and be like, "Yeah, that's true." But yeah, I get back to that same spot all the time, which is like um yeah, I don't know if people realize that Alex Romanov is going to be out for game one or that Hudson Fashing has become a superstar, at least, you know, in Nassau County. <laughs> he's, a, he's a superstar. I don't know about anywhere else. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, the the goalie thing is, is huge, obviously, because that's another talking point. Like everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, the Islanders have Sorokin so they can steal a series. Um, and that's probably true. And, and you know, but this is going to be a, a huge test. For Ilya, he's played a lot of games, um, and we talked last time about. It. I'm kind of surprised that Barlamov hadn't played more games, but uh, that's not to say that the Hurricanes goalies are bad. Like they've given up the second least goals in the league, and even though they don't have like one superstar in like a Sorokin, Freddie Anderson, Antti Ranta, and Peter Kochenkov, who came up for the minors uh, at a couple points in the season, they they you know, combined to do a pretty good job. They went 52, 21 and nine altogether. And uh, Anderson played the most games at 34, Ranta 26 and Kachenkov at 23. And like Anderson and Ranta are very similar in the sense that they have track records of being both, you know, pretty good. I would say above average goalies that can't stay healthy. I mean, Freddie Anderson literally disappeared for half a season in Toronto and nobody asked why. I don't know if we still, no, and maybe I think he was just maybe hurt. I'm not even sure. And then Ranta, God only knows how many games he's missed over the course of his career between the Coyotes, Rangers, Hurricanes, and did he play for Chicago? I think for a little while. Like 
so I think that's where it comes down to is like these guys just aren't as reliable sort of historically as Sorokin has been in his, uh, you know, short NHL career. But boy, I just, I don't know. There's something about kind of staking all of my hopes onto one guy that I don't particularly like, um, you know, as good as Ilya has been. Um, but it gets back to what you were saying before. Like the reason the Islanders need Sorokin to be as good as he is, is because they play, they have games in which they are severely outshot, uh, out, outplayed for long stretches and sometimes whole periods. Their offense goes quiet. Um, Sorokin races a lot of that. Now in a playoff series, I hope he can still continue to do that because if they d- decide to spend an entire period hemmed in their own zone, like we have seen them do many, many times this season, or if, you know, Noah Dobson and, and Sam Bolduke decide to just hand the, or Scott Mayfield just decide to hand the puck over to the Hurricanes a couple of extra times a game, um, that could wear on a guy and become a problem. So, yeah, you know, I don't know, maybe we're too, we're too deep into it. I mean, the name of the show is Islanders Anxiety, so maybe we're just too, <laughs> too focused on the flaws of the team, um, and and it's hard yeah, to see them. But they're, but they're the underdog. So yes, for, when, right, you're, when you're looking reason. at when you're looking at a playoff series, um, when you're looking at the underdog, you're, you're trying to find out, okay, what is this? What what can this team? It should, we should be doing the op, like if we were Hurricanes fans, we should be like, okay, what are our flaws, and how can it cost yeah. us the series that we're supposed to win? But when you're the underdog, you look at it like, okay, what are their flaws and our strengths that can give us a chance. Yeah. And number one is just going, always going to be Sorokin, mm. uh, I think. And I think that's what c- c- kind of everyone's getting at it. And the, the one thing I'll say about Anderson and Ranta is that, um, yes, the Hurricanes have allowed, I believe, the second fewest goals per game this yeah. season. Um, the Islanders are fourth. <laughs> so, and, and they do it differently. Like, the Hurricanes did it because they're – very good at just swarming and smothering teams. I think they're um, underrated um, as mo- as far as being one of the more defensively structured teams in the league. Right. It's always very impressive. The Bruins were like this too under um, Bruce, Ca- uh, Bruce, I almost called him Bruce Campbell, Bruce Cassidy. Like they yeah. were the same kind of thing. They were not underrated because the Bruins get talked about a lot, but their, their defensive structure is really, really impressive. Uh, I'm always, I always come away like, man, those guys yeah. are really good. <laughs> um, and they but so they and to your point what the reason you can tell that right away is that they've allowed the second fewest goals per game in the NHL despite having a save percentage that is the same as the Pittsburgh Penguins who <laughs> you know like it's <laughs> how who are they matching up with in the playoffs this year oh that's right they're not in the playoffs yeah. this year they, so so Carolina finished 13th in in save percentage this season like if it, it, we can look at it this way, if, if we really want to get it, go full anxiety mode, if Ilya Sorokin isn't the difference in the series, mm. the Islanders are in a world of trouble, <laughs> right? Like if, if he's not, if he's, if we're not, mm. you know, if the, if the Islanders two weeks time, if we're not sitting here talking about how incredible that guy is and just mm. build him a statue now, it's likely that we're breaking down the off season because so. Oh. Right, like, or on the other side of that coin, if Ilya Sorokin is not the main difference in this series, maybe that's a real problem for the Hurricanes. Like you're yeah. almost like, well, the Islanders won that <laughs> yeah, series, right. and yeah, Sorokin didn't point. really have to do that, yeah. do that much work. <laughs> that would be really, really bad for the Hurricanes. I'm just saying, you know, that would be bad. I would hate yes. that. Them, but um, <laughs> a couple other things too that that like you know to to keep this 
this positivity fest going. Uh, <laughs> like like we're, we we know the Islanders got into the playoffs with the thirty first best power play, and who knows how much oh better it is with Barzell. But I tell you what, I don't. I'm not going to count on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Islanders and Hurricanes are two teams that don't draw any penalties and don't give away uh, anything either. I think the Islanders like if if it, it, uh, unbelievably. Finish the season according to hockey reference. Penalty minutes per game eight. Opponent penalty minutes per game eight. Uh, <laughs> the Hurricanes seven seven and a half and seven point three. So it feels like it's there's a good chance that that hopefully that power play doesn't step on the ice much for for the Islanders because mm. uh, the Hurricanes also scare me shorthanded. I mean we 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 know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still seeing that Sam Bolduc Nick Suzuki play in my. Uh, in my nightmares that the Hurricanes are such an aggressive team just in general that you know that they're just going to be targeting this guy all, mm. all series. And that includes on the power play. And uh, the fact that you're worried, you're, you're you're staying up at night worrying about the guy who runs the point on your second power play unit. Yeah. You know, it tells you what time of year it is. Uh, yeah. That's how deep, you know, you get. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm like the, I think, but that's like kind of part of the whole theme of this series is both. I think both the Islanders and Hurricanes. If if you if you laid out all eight teams in the Eastern Conference in front of them and said pick your opponent, I think both teams might land it on the same on this matchup. Yeah, like the Hurricanes didn't probably wanted nothing to do with the Florida Panthers. <laughs> uh, the Islanders wanted absolutely nothing to do with the Bruins or the Devils or the Rangers. You know, uh, teams like the Maple Leafs or, or Lightning, like in the mm-hmm. first round. I really think that you know what we with what we know about these teams, the injury factors that are presented in front of us now. Like I think both fan bases will say, of all the possibility, of all the permutations, like this is this is the one that gives us the best chance. Mm. Uh, and that's you know that's that's got me you know the birds are I hear the birds chirping usually before a playoff series. Like I'm just so racked with with nerves and i will be tomorrow i mean this these past few days i've been just bliss yeah not scoreboard watching not thinking about the islanders or anything like that just (laughs) you see the practice lines everybody got out of practice in one piece go about your day uh yeah it's been it's been wonderful and those days are going to be gone for a while here yeah it won't hit me until the game actually starts and then i will i'll feel like a ton of bricks suddenly form in my stomach is like I don't know how much of an adjustment period we're going to need as fans, <laughs> right? Like, well, the only thing is now, you know, every game is going to be against the same team, but yeah, basically every, you know, we've been living this reality for basically 82 games, or at least the better part of 82 games. So right. yeah, I, I see what you I, I, I want to go back. I'm going to look at their schedule right now and like their game log and kind of pinpoint the, the game where I like everything kind of just, you know, it's full playoff mode at this point. Hmm. And I think it might be that Penguins game five four win on February seventeenth, so the night before Barzell got hurt. Yeah, there was they played those 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 three games where they played Penguins, Bruins, Penguins, hmm. um, and then they that was right before like their. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably it because then because because that was right before they had that stretch of games where they basically played every every everybody they were playing for a little while was was a. Uh, the team they're they're going up against in like the race like 
They yeah. they had that Hudson Fashion goal the, against the Sabers. They beat the Red Wings. They beat the yeah. Penguins again. Well, like, and January was so awful that it almost kind of made you forget about playoffs. Just right. like get a win, forget it. But then they came out of January, and you were like, you know, they're really not that far out of getting back into the playoffs here. They might have. I'm sure they dropped out for a while, but they didn't drop far enough that you were like, well, that's the end of that. And so yeah, they started to pile up wins. So I think yeah, you're probably about right. Like definitely. Mid February became yeah. like playoff time. So, and and it only obviously ramped up as as we got to the sure. crescendo on Wednesday night. So yeah, losing to the Caps made it even worse. I think that's part of the reason it had. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the reason it hasn't hit because that yeah. Caps loss was basically you're you're down. You know, it's two two in a series, and, yeah. and you lose game in game six, and then and then you need to come back. And Penguins Blackhawks was game was the actual game six of that series, and <laughs> Islanders Canadians was game seven. Uh, so we're already in this weird kind of playoff, you know, mm-hmm. fangs are out, bang for blood mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that adjustment will be hopefully felt by the players too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but as a fan, I think that's why it hasn't really hit me yet that they're in the playoffs because, buddy, they've been in the playoffs since October. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Um, And so, you know, well, as far as players go, I just, I just want to focus on two guys real quick who – you know, we're part of that, this sort of 82 game, or at least maybe 25 game playoff run that have had some shaky moments. Uh, and I'm talking specifically about Noah Dobson and Sam Bolduke. Now, I don't want to go too hard on Bolduke. He's a rookie. He's spent most of his season in the AHL. He's up here because Romanov is hurt. Romanov definitely out for game one. We don't know any much any more than that. The fact that we know that is already kind of more than we usually get from the Islanders. So we'd have to believe them. So, but you know that game against Canadians was horrific for him. He's kind of you know he started out looking pretty good. Then they gave him the power play responsibilities, and and his defensive work has taken a step back. And Dobson, you know, again, I I think this guy has a bright future. He's what twenty two, twenty three. I think this is probably a blip in the radar. If you're very old like I am, you remember when Brian Burrard won the Rookie of the Year. He had a horrific second season, and then midway through season three, he was a Toronto Maple Leaf. Like I don't think we're going to get to that point. Uh, but I am, you know, that's always sort of colored my look at defensemen. I feel like, you know, they, they deserve a little bit more kind of leeway, but man, some plays Dobson has made this year have been really, 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 uh, hurtful <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, not, not, uh, not conducive to Islanders wins. I think he's made games a little bit harder sometimes than they need to be while he's out there. These are the two guys I'm worried about the most. The forwards are the forwards. Like they're going to do what they do. Again, they got with Barzell back. That gives you three lines that I think know what to do and, and can can operate on a pretty high level. Pelic and Pulick are what they are. I'm ready for playoff Scott Mayfield. We've seen that many times before. Yes. There's no Andy Green around this time, which does bother me a little bit. <laughs> I kind of miss. I can't believe how much I miss Andy Green, and I this know. is the time. I'm like, oh my god, where's Andy Green? And obviously Sorokin and Envarlamov both are, are what they are. But man, these two guys, they, they they are the two guys that I'm really really afraid of going into this series. So I don't know if other people feel the same way, but I know, I think, I know Dobson I think has a lot the, of haters now. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be the, the kind of uh, consensus here is that. Uh, and, and like you said, it's, it, Bolduke is, is, is still so, you know, green in yeah. his journey here. So it's not anything against his, you know, future or whatever. And I think you can, yeah, the same thing with Dobson. It's, it's like, you're just going to, before, before a young defenseman with a lot of upside really realizes his potential, like you're going to go through these swings and, 
the the one thing that is disappointing is that when he when he was playing uh with with someone like Andy Green mm. those mistakes just it didn't seem to happen Dobson seemed so reliable in the yeah. playoff runs even he half three through this season he seemed like it was fine yeah and then all yeah, yeah so who knows but uh the two of them playing together is what really makes it horrifying <laughs> yeah or at least they're slated to play together i mean mm. on the road when when they the canes get the the last change i don't know what the plan is going to be here but i'm expecting a lot of adam pellick and a lot of Ryan Pollock and a lot yeah. of <laughs> crazy to say this a lot of sebastian aho mm. uh, our sebastian oh, man, aho, get him. ready get yeah. ready for the drink uh, the jokes <laughs> hilarious uh but yeah, like it, how funny is that? That if, if you if you kind of laid out that, hey, here's your playoff roster uh, for for your, your round one series against the Hurricanes. If you told us that on October first, you say, okay, pick pick the two guys you'd be most worried about. You'd, you'd be like, well, it's <laughs> obviously Sebastian Aho. What is he playing? What is he doing in the lineup? Right. Uh, but now he's he says, uh, yeah, I trust him with my life, which which really <laughs> tells you what what how long how his games come along uh, this season. And I, th- I think those those top four guys are gonna you know they're they're gonna have to play a ton, especially on the road. And yeah. uh, I don't doubt that they they'll be able to uh, handle that 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 workload at all. But yeah, those, those two guys, Dobson and, and Bolduc, are certainly you know they're certainly going to be the ones that you know get, definitely give you some some pause uh, every time you see them taking a shift or. They just ice the puck after a long shift. You're like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> you know, that this is not good. Yeah. But at the same time, you can also hope that, look, we we hopefully just saw Sam Bolduc's worst game of at least the season, hopefully his career the other right. night. Um, and it's almost a blessing in disguise that those mistakes happened against a team like Montreal. And um, they happened before the playoffs because you can now sit him down and Doug Huda can say, Hey, you see where you pass this puck to the guy who plays for the Montreal Canadiens in your own zone and you set him up for a great scoring chance. Let's let's not do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and hopefully those learning moments then then kind of don't add to his, the pressure, but they're out of his system now. And mm. for Dobson, I think it's you know it's it's pretty clear. Like, buddy, we're gonna sink or swim with you. Like, you just yeah. It's if you're bad in the series, it's a big problem. But if you're really good, this is this is very good news for us. If you can find that form from from the end of last year and and stuff, but yeah, yeah those are those are some some big time worries. And like you said, the forward group is like what what could you worry about with this with this group as it stands right now? Maybe Matt Bar. The only thing you can think of is Matt Barzell is just way off the pace mm-hmm. or something. But I trust well, the- him to and. Even if he is, he's better than the other options. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is this is usually the time when the fourth line shines. So, like, that that would be a worry for me is if they, you know, kind of show their age a little bit. But, I mean, they have yet to. And, in fact, in Matt Martin's case, these, this has been one of the better seasons he's had in his entire career at age, you know, 34, 35, whatever it is. So, yeah, th- those two guys, though, stick out. And uh, d- did I did I dream this or was Dennis Seidenberg actually a practice yeah. I think both Seinberg and Boychuk were both at yeah. practice recently. And <laughs> yeah, when I saw that going around, I was like, "Man, I got to bookmark that so we can talk about it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah. It, it was it was Bolduc was basically working with Seidenberg mm. 
at, at practice the other day and I thought maybe we'd be getting like a Darren Quint moment where right. he's just like Seidenberg just shows up mm. when it's honestly like as, as, as bad as Seidenberg kind of was towards the end of it with the, with the Islanders uh, with the way that Boldu played the other night with throwing boy Chuck or Seidenberg years after their last NHL game. Um, I was like, ah, God, can you, <laughs> does Lou have like a, a, a deal in his drawer somewhere for one of these guys or Andy green, but, yeah. but, uh, Look, it's it, you gotta you just the fact that we're talking about our biggest concern for the series is their number six defenseman, yeah. Who you hope to God, I'm, <laughs> I am a little concerned about the coaching mis- mismatch here because also Rob, true, Rob yeah. Brendan, yeah, Rob Brendamore has been very good through these paces before, and uh, mm. this will be Lambert's first go around. Though you know he's he's been in the playoffs basically every year for. Uh, as an assistant so he he um, it's not really the experience thing but it's more of like we're, he's got to be quick with plan b mm. and 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 getting a you know if, if he needs to protect bolduc and stuff like that but uh the fact that the our biggest worry is the number six defenseman and, and on the other on, on carolina hurricanes anxiety they're like god is it gonna is freddie anderson's gonna need to get us a big save and or is it gonna be ranta like their right. their biggest concern is is the fact that they can't score and mm-hmm. they're goaltending like we this starts to make you if you look at it that way if you envision carolina hurricanes anxiety and, and what they're talking about <laughs> and what they're fretting about over there uh it does make you feel a little bit better it's true. I had I had thought about it that way. And I also hadn't thought about the coaching matchup either. Well, it depends. In the hair department, Lane wins. In the abs <laughs> department, Rod wins. So we'll, they'll cancel each and, other out. We'll see and, that. And Rod the Bot, uh, he, he, threw a, he threw a shot across the bow of the Islanders a couple of weeks ago, too. Yeah, so. I don't know about that. I don't know. That seems to be... That, that, as far as bulletin board material goes, that's not saying uh, that's not like Bo Horvat saying this playoff push is better than Vancouver. That's, yeah, I know. That's I, well, we can that. try to do our best to to turn it in to it yeah um but at least at least it, it makes me feel better that the islanders will 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 actually come out and, and work hard on like they did that night where they just yeah. were like yeah that's we'll just see true. If, if, if sorokin can, can win us this game on his own well we just did a 36 plus minute preview of this series and didn't once mention 2019 and the last time <laughs> the last time these two teams played in the playoffs because that was like a lifetime ago and uh yeah so uh we'll see i don't know there's a lot of, there's a lot of unknowns right now so We'll just have to buckle up and uh, take a look, uh, you know, show up Monday night and, and see what happens. Uh, and then Wednesday night, which is game two, also at PNC Arena in Raleigh. So schedule going forward is we are going to record Thursday night, uh, you know, get the first two games in the books, record uh, after game two. And then game three is Friday at UBS. Game four is Sunday in the afternoon, UBS. We will record uh, that evening on Sunday, Mike is actually going to be at the game. So, you know, once he gets back, we can sit and talk about it. Um, and so with that in mind, you know, normally Friday, this Friday would be our Weird Islanders episode. We're actually going to put that out on Tuesday. So you'll have game one. And then on Tuesday, you'll have a brand new episode of Weird Islanders. It's absolutely fantastic. If you're a longtime reader of Lighthouse Hockey, the player uh, who is the subject of that episode will definitely make you smile. So uh, let's, let's just say he had his own catchphrase uh, and, and it's a great episode. So that's kind of where we're looking at right now. Um, also, after this episode, we are going to record a playoff, full playoff preview 
for our Patreon. We're going to go through every series uh, in the NHL. Obviously, you know, we just went in depth in the Islander series, but we'll talk a little bit about that there too. And that is exclusively for Patreon subscribers. So if you want to hear that, go to patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety, sign up for one of our two tiers, and you can hear that uh, along with this one. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some uh, superlatives from the uh, regular season, you know, best this, worst that kind of stuff. And then uh, we'll take one more shot at the Penguins because why not? All right. So meet us on the other side. <laughs> Thanks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now a word from the good sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of those sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you spend $50 or more, use the code 4Cups, all one word, F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass or an Islander's Anxiety puck. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. If you're going to a playoff game, try some wines from the Pinot Project. Learn more at ThePinotProject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, okay, so you know we've we've done a lot of talking about the regular season. Obviously, we've done multiple episodes <laughs> about it. Um, so let's just wrap it up and talk about some of the things that kind of stuck out to us. I think it's fair to say that Elias Sorokin was the Islanders MVP this year. I don't know if there's a whole lot of debate, but if you were to pick a a, a second MVP, a, a, another non Sorokin most valuable player for the Islanders. Uh, who would be your pick? I kind of have a feeling of we're both kind of in the same ballpark here, but uh, who would be your choice for the uh, non-Sorokin uh, division MVP? I think everybody would almost have the same answer, and it would be Brock Nelson. Uh, yeah. We we spoke about him a lot last episode, so we can you know keep it short, but he's... Uh, not only was he so good, but there were some some kind of uh, moments where it could have gone south for him uh, mm-hmm. when when he had to put on the half shield, which I hope he keeps wearing. He looks so it looks great <laughs> uh, on him. Um, there's that. There's the fact that uh, his his kind of line mates too, because because they never it took forever for them to find a consistent mix with with Barzell's line. Mm-hmm. Nelson was playing with. Uh, different line mates a, a lot. There was never really much consistency outside of him. Mm. And and you just think about not only where would the Islanders be this season 
without Brock Nelson. But let's go back to where would they be if they didn't have him when, when Trotz arrived or that summer when he needed an extension, they didn't extend Mm -hmm. him and uh, it it would not, they would not be in a good spot if if they had uh, gone with what, what the, all the hockey Twitter uh, glasses pusher uppers of their bridge of their noses would say, uh, and, and, and made the smart move and signed Kevin Hayes to that Brock Nelson deal. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, he's not, I don't want to call him, you know, a franchise savior, mm. but he's definitely close to a, an era saver, maybe, or a core saver, whatever you want to, a window yeah. keeper out opener. Well, he's just, because, he's just the rock now. Like he's, yes. he's the rock for them. No pun intended. But yeah, he's he's the guy who's everything sort of formed around. And yeah, career high in points at 75, 36 goals, which is one off of his career high of 37 set last year. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with Nelson as the, uh, the non-Sorokin MVP. Um, I'm not even sure who would even be in the conversation, I guess. Um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Zach Parisi. I don't know. <laughs> but that's uh, kind of a far, far down the list. But yeah, it's, it was... Definitely been, um, I guess, Barzell before, you know, early in the season, but mm-hmm. really Sorokin and Nelson are the two guys at the top of the list. How about least valuable player? Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of options here. Um, you know, guys, we talk about a lot. There have been some some people. Again, this is a team that doesn't score all that often and is prone to defensive breakdowns, <laughs> unlike in years past. So there are a lot of candidates for this. Um, sometimes it's just not your year, man. What can I tell you? Um, but if you had to pick a least valuable player, uh, for this season, who who do you think it would be the guy who just just didn't for whatever reason didn't contribute a whole lot to where the Islanders are now? It's so it's so sad to say it. I know. Do we do we even have to? Do we have? Do we have? I to mean, say it, Josh? Do we I mean, to? we can. It's. I don't want to. I don't even want to have the conversation. I don't. You know, but right. it, it, it it's clearly Bailey. Yeah, sixty four games, twenty five points. Eight goals. So I'm surprised he has had eight goals. To be honest, I can't believe he's got 25 points. <laughs> he, yeah, he's. He, I, I just, I have some faith that there's going to be a Josh Bailey moment in the playoffs. So that's, yeah, that's what's given me. And let's just hope it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the Josh, Josh Bailey moments this season haven't been haven't that been particularly be good. But he looked, he looked pretty good against Montreal. Like there yeah. was a couple of moments where he got the puck, and you're like, oh god, is he going to pass this to? Mm. Uh, Mike Hoffman, or is he going to make a nice play here and get it to Bo Horvat? And he did. Mm. So uh, yeah. maybe there is some some magic still left in those mitts, but uh, it's got to be Bailey. I think yeah. the the two other like or the other nominee, maybe you could say Dobson, just relative to expectations and the fact that the power play would yeah. that he quarterbacks finished thirty first. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I, again, uh, you know, it's not we're not trying to to rake these guys over the coals. We love all these guys, but sometimes it's just not your year. You know, he's been hurt, but you know, Oliver Wallstrom had seven goals and 16 points in 35 games. Like he was going through another one of his prolonged slumps and you don't want to see a guy get hurt, but it is, I think fair to wonder where, where he would have been. had he not gotten hurt. Uh, also shout out Robin Sallow and Parker Watherspoon who are somehow <laughs> still on the team. I don't know. We don't know where they are. They're frozen in carbonite, I guess, like Han Solo. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, I guess go. it tells you a lot about Wathers, where the confidence in Watherspoon that yeah, uh, he's not didn't get even a spin. I, I'm with, surprised. Uh, what's going on about? I, yeah, 
thought he looked okay. But uh, Lane said, by the way, there was no plans for some black aces, which means that Monday expect to see an announcement for a whole bunch of black aces. So, yeah, we'll yeah. And, Andy Andrioff all of a sudden showing up. Uh, Koivula. I was gonna say Andy Andrioff is definitely coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Otto. Yeah, Otto is a good another going eight eight games, two points. I think I think Otto might be sneaky sneaky high on the least valuable player list for the Islanders. This year. <laughs> Accomplishes. Very, very little when he's out there, too. But So there you go. Okay. Uh, how about best newcomer? And this is another one where we have a, a few a few possible options here. Uh, names like Hudson Fashing, um, Pierre Engvall. Uh, who else? Uh, we got some, you know, new guys. I mean, even Bolduc, you know, would be up in there, too. Um, Romanov, obviously, is up there as well. Bo Horvat. Like, of those guys, like, who, who do you think put together the best newcomer season uh, for this year's Islanders? Ooh. Yeah, this one's definitely. actually pretty tight. I guess mm. I could hear an argument for basically everyone. Um, Would we throw Holmstrom in there too? Maybe as another yeah. candidate. Yeah, you, you can. Yeah, you sure. Can basically, they all had their moments. Yeah, uh, I guess it would be fashing for me. Became yeah. a became a cult hero. Mm. Scores big goals. Knock on wood. Is is you trust him yeah. to? He had a pretty bad turnover. I can't remember what game. That was at Washington, maybe. Like, there was one moment where I remember him like coughing the puck up at the blue line, but they were pushing to get back in that game. And but generally speaking, like that, you trust the fashing Pajot Parisi line, yeah, uh, as a you know your third third line checking line to hopefully erase one of the top two lines for for a team like Carolina. Um, but it'll be really funny. When, uh, if the I know they're not on national TV, like it'll be local broadcast. But had this game been on TNT or ESPN, uh, mm. hearing hearing the folks, the the very illuminating folks in those broadcast booths try to be like, wait a minute, who's hurt that the Islanders have to call up Hudson Fashing? <laughs> I thought Barzell was back. Yeah, yeah, nope. Uh, he, he's he's the man. Like he's he's our guy and. Don't tell the athletic, but yeah, he's kind of an important uh, player for the Islanders. Yeah, he just kind of brings it. He's just very, very consistent, which is not something that a lot of these guys can say. I, I might give the slight edge to Romanov. Took him a while, but sort of, you know, before he got hurt, very, very impressive. Uh, you know, even put together 22 points, which is actually more than fashion. Um, I would say Engvall, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's just the, the body of work just isn't quite there because he came over at the trade deadline. And then, uh, and of course, we're completely forgetting Bo Horvat, who's kind of an yeah. important piece too. So, yeah, this has been an interesting year. I don't know if we've—I can't remember a year when we've had so many guys that hadn't been on the team before. I mean, we talk all the time about how this team is kind of set in stone, right? Like, there's very little movement. Uh, but this year has been a lot of guys who staked their claim, and good for them. You know, they took the—they took the ball and ran with it, which is uh, nice to see. And um, mm-hmm. I was going to say before, if we do see a Josh Bailey playoff moment, that unfortunately means probably one of these guys got hurt which would really suck. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. Um, speaking of moments, let, let's finish up with, um, I don't know, do, do you have a favorite moment? I don't know about best moment necessarily, but is there a favorite moment uh, from this season that's going to stick out to you? Again, I have a feeling we might be on the same the same page here. It's kind of gotten a little bit talked about lately, but uh, is there one play or one goal or one save or something that, that you would say is your favorite moment, singular moment of this season? Um, yeah, let's. I'll, I'll lay out a few before I, I give you my answer. Uh, that that Flyers game that ended with Wallstrom 
dragging Tony D'Angelo across the ice. <laughs> wow. like he's, yeah, that was a it's great really one. really early, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Sorokin shutout against the Oilers was absurd. Because, mm. uh, yeah. I mean, I don't – if you remember that game, the Oilers ended up with whatever, 48, 50 shots. 50 saves but, I think he made, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the Islanders felt like the better team in that game, which was right. – one of those moments where you thought, okay, I kind of believe in this team. Uh, just the, the the day that they traded for Hor- Horvat was a lot of fun. Uh, and it became very, you know, the vind- vindication of when they clinched. And, mm. and you got to see the tweets go around that about the Islanders, you know, Horvat being traded to a team that wasn't yeah. going to make the playoffs. Or is it possible a deal is a lose-lose trade? Right. Um, Islanders aren't was, even in the playoffs right now. That's that's always going to stick with me. Yep, that was sure. that was a good moment. Um, then there was obviously winning against the Canadians. Peter Mrazek against the, the Blackhawks <laughs> might end up be honestly it might be the the right. Penguins lost to Chicago might be the best moment of the season. But on ice moment yeah. of the season, I think goes to Sorokin to Nelson uh, in mm. that Penguins game. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that Penguins game, uh even the previous Penguins game, which was another, you know, comeback win. Uh I think th- those are really the turning points of the season. Other people have pointed that out as well. Um and the fact that it was Nelson again in, in the forefront of both of those games. He tied the game, the first game, and then uh, Pajot with the winner. Um yeah, the overtime goal uh was great. Um the um, you know, they <laughs> I mean, they beat the Penguins four times, so it's going to be a lot of Penguins games. Yeah. And then obviously, I didn't even thought about that Blackhawks Penguins game, but yeah, that's another one too that, uh, that was really <laughs> a lot great. of Penguins. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, I actually had a dream, and now that I think about it, just this just re- yeah. re- made me remember. I had a dream last night where it means I was I was in the Nassau Coliseum, the bowels of the Coliseum, mm. at the hallway there was a curtain that separated the two locker rooms from each other, like the hallways where they would you know, work on their sticks mm. and stuff. And, and I, now I remember that last night, my dream was I pulled that curtain aside and I was asking for Sidney Crosby to come talk to me. <laughs> Cause I wanted to tell him how embarrassing, like, you know, like how we deserve this after all the, all the, the torture he's put us through. Yeah. Um, That's funny. So yeah. Whenever I think of I that was, curtain, I think of, there was almost a fight there. I want to, was it, Eric Cairns versus somebody versus Sean. Yeah, Avery, I think it was maybe? that Leaf series. Was it? No, there was it. Was a game against the Rangers too? Oh uh, yeah, maybe it was a Leaf series. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that that curtain got talked about a lot during the Leaf series. That <laughs> like the Canadian media would you'd, you'd hear uh, them be like, Aaron, there's there's more Nassau County police officers next to the the infamous curtain <laughs> in the Coliseum locker rooms because Darcy Tucker and Shane Corson are are yelling across to about asking about Michael Pekka like. Hmm. Just shit yeah. like that, but it was great. That that curtain uh, was hilarious. I would also throw in, yeah, the the curtain is is as much a part of uh, Islanders history as uh, the Coliseum and Double Chili and all that other stuff is. Keeps keeps popping up as a recurring character over the last fifty <laughs> years. Um, I would throw in the two Leafs wins as well. The uh, the overtime win in Toronto <laughs> by La- Anthony Beauvillier's last great moment as an Islander. I guess you can kind of say yeah, barely barely tied that game up late. Yeah, and then the seven two beat down. Uh, that not only was just a fun, you know, kind of score, but that was also uh, Sorokin making that sick paddle save on uh, offensive dynamo Eric Gustafson. So uh, those are some great moments <laughs> there. So, um, you know, we, we talk about the worst moments all the time, so we don't need to get into a whole thing. But I would just say January is basically the, the worst yeah, moment of the season. 
<laughs> I think January, like when they went one seven and three, yeah, in January is is probably the the worst. Uh, but it's singular moment. It has to be that loss to Washington. Mm. Like I said, I I think that that I took that regular season loss harder than I took a lot uh, of really horrible regular season losses in my lifetime for the Islanders. <laughs> Maybe I took it harder than anything. Cause I, the fun, the finality of it all was just too much to take. Cause you think about where this core is and, and these guys that, you know, we love these guys so much and that they're, that could be it. That could be what sends them into the, into the sunset. Until until Peter Mrazek and Buddy Robinson had other ideas. So when you when you I think if you wanted to give an award for the the biggest swing of the season, emotional swing, it was mm. the twenty four hours from nine thirty Monday night to the twenty four twenty four hours later <laughs> of ten o'clock Tuesday night. Yeah, because uh, I could. I mean, you. I was in different time zones with my emotions uh, those two days. Yeah. Jesus. No, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. To go from, yeah. Well, and, and if you throw in the game before, which was like, okay, man, get that win against the Caps and it's all, we're all good to go. And then the loss, the Penguins game, the like the whole, the whole, they, they should make a 30 for 30 about that. F- four days on Long Island, you know, it's just boom, 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 boom. It's just an insane roller coaster. But yeah, that, that was pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, you, you, you know, if, if you have a different, uh, Nadir of the season. Uh, I'm sure it's also very valid and probably something that we covered on this show uh, or, or another favorite moment uh, that uh, we probably forgot about because uh, there have been, there have been a few and it's funny, you know, here we are talking about how, how much of a roller coaster and how torturous this season is. But, you know, when you really break it down, there have been a lot of really cool moments <laughs> in this season, which is uh, kind of maybe surprising. Right. Yeah. Because there's been no consist- consistency. Like, yeah, it's been, here's a great, great moment. And then, you know, followed by a couple of really tough ones. And then, more good moments like those we didn't even talk about the comebacks really about in in uh was it november against colorado and calgary and the rangers um, oh right and, yeah that's right and, that was their hallmark for a while yeah right yeah yeah they were all of a sudden they were this team that could they're yeah. they like it was hilarious that they became a oh look at you could never count out the islanders no matter how many goals you're ahead of them in the third period team like <laughs> It was fun. It was fun to play that role for like two weeks while it lasted. Right. Um, There was that. And then when we all gave up on the season after the two and four start in, in Florida, and then they won. And I think these things kind of, you know, correlate that they beat Carolina, Colorado and the Rangers. So like that was, it's been, yeah, like you said, it's been a a season, season of moments. and, And there's been no, no, middle ground of, of for these moments it's either been extremely high or extremely low you're like looking like a you know you're scratching your neck asking for another one whether it'd be a good or bad one at this we're if next season which it won't be because this team doesn't do it if next season's just kind of you know a, a run-of-the-mill islanders are comfortably in a playoff spot you know by like 18 points in in january i don't know if if islander fans would know what to do with themselves I mean that would be a first, like or yeah, yeah, a first like, since 1982. You, you know, like you guys, not in our lifetime, yeah. Yeah, can some, maybe someone like set the building on fire or something, so we have something <laughs> to like worry about because <laughs> okay. this is this is going too too right. normally for us. Okay, well, speaking of buildings on fire, and speaking of 
season's gone completely off the rails uh, for, you know, normally uh, stable teams. Uh, We have spent a lot of time over the last couple of podcasts shitting on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, I just, I, I feel like doing it again. Let's smoke that pens pack one more time because this week they fired general manager Ron Hextall. They fired uh, team president Brian Burke, who, uh, according to some Penguins follows I have, nobody knew what he did. So he was the team president uh, in name only, apparently. They fired uh, Hextall's um, assistant general manager, who was former Islander Chris Pryor. Weird Islander getting fired out in Pittsburgh. And uh, the whole team uh, seems to be in quite a bit of disarray. The uh, ownership uh, showed up. Uh, they kind of airdropped in. These are the Fenway sports guys. They own the Red Sox. They own... Chelsea or one, not Chelsea, one of those other, uh, Man U or Man City or one of the, some other big soccer team. Um, and, um, yeah, they, uh, were like, no, really, everything's great. We're, we're doing great here. Everything's fine. Uh, everything is not fine. And, uh, I'm enjoying it. So I really, uh, you know, you don't want to see people fired, but these guys are going to get other jobs. I mean, there's no way that Brian Burke isn't back on Sportsnet by the right. time that first playoff game happens. Uh, you know, telling stories about how he almost fought this guy or that guy or whatever. Like, it's, it's, he's never not going to be in a job. And uh, neither will Ron Hextel. He'll he'll end up going to be an AGM for somebody else. So, uh, but it is fun to watch the Penguins kind of just implode from within and uh, hearing their media just completely fill their diapers over this. It's really, really great. And I hope it continues for a good long time. <laughs> just had to get that out there even though we've been shitting on the penguins for the better part of the last three or four it's, podcasts and we deserve it i think i think yeah. like the islander fans there was there was a tweet i think by rob rossi where he said that islanders have caused the penguins historically more misery than any other yes. fan base or fan yes, had, it was josh yo but yeah josh <laughs> oh man and just reading that tweet over and over and over and over again felt so good hmm. Because all all I can hear ringing out is the Penguins broadcast booth during the the fight night talking about how mm. the Islanders are basically thugs, and he was hoping that someone you know the the, the, the Nassau County Police Department was waiting to to arrest Trevor Gillies <laughs> and Michael Haley uh, after they stepped off the ice. And how many times I had to watch the Penguins get a late power play in a game where the Islanders had to work so damn hard just to like mm. not get blown out, and maybe it was three three in the third and. Sidney Crosby draws a very soft penalty. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's, you know, Blake Como skating to the penalty box, pointing to the Jumbotron. Look, like, that's not a penalty. Mm. And then, of course, that, that playoff series where the Islanders just couldn't get a save from Nabokov, and Brian Strait takes a soft penalty in overtime. Mm. Uh, we were talking up. before that, that game that they lost to the Blackhawks. How many five-on-threes are the Penguins going to get in this game? Yeah. Because that's just the way it works. Yeah, they they it was that they spent the first. It was almost like they they went to the to the refs in the inter, th- second intermission and like, okay, we're gonna cash in our cards now because the third yeah. period of that game, the first six minutes, the Penguins just kept getting penalty calls, and they're just like, okay, <laughs> here it comes. And uh, but it yeah, it feels really good. This this is a a team that you just because of all the stability that they've had, and while the Islanders have been playing in three different arenas for different general managers and head coaches yeah, coming in and out with, with very little success except for the last couple. And you just are, it feels, it feels really good to, yeah. to have their future be thrown into flux while the Islanders like who knows, but at the same time, right at this, at this millisecond 
in NHL history, the Islanders are on steadier ground. And the, 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 the fact that there, there are even conversations going around about, do you think it's possible that Sidney Crosby finishes his career with a team that's not Pittsburgh? <laughs> wow. Man, does that feel good? Knows. Yeah. 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 That, that would be a lot of fun. It's coming around. Malkin, I can definitely see. I'm surprised he wasn't already traded, but he uh but yeah so yeah uh soak it in so remember however whatever happens to the islanders in the playoffs this year the penguins aren't there so there you go that's something to take away and uh and have fun with so there you go all right hopefully we don't talk about the you know i figure we haven't talked about the leafs a lot in the last couple of weeks so we just replaced them with the penguins and can kind of get into it which is a lot of fun uh okay so uh like i said uh thursday we'll be back uh after games one and two Tuesday, we'll see the release of the next episode of Weird Islanders. Uh, sign up at patreon.com slash islandersanxiety for more bonus content and ad-free episodes, including our full playoff preview, which we're going to record right after this. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at IslesAnxietyPod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We got a very lovely review. I, I didn't have the person's name in front of me. I'll get it next week, I promise. Uh, but thank you very much for your review. We really appreciate it, and it really does help us. Read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Visit VintageIceHockey.com, use the code 4CUPS to get a free coffee mug, pint glass, or Islanders Anxiety Puck. Uh, when you spend $50 or more, try Wines from the Pinot Project. Follow Fan Sports Network on Twitter at FansFirstSN. And uh, Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read and listen to his work at Action Network. Some great playoff previews going up there. And at YouTube, again, I'll put the Islanders uh, and Hurricanes one up uh, in the article for this. Uh, any final thoughts before we head into uh, what's sure to be a, a very uh, tense and tight playoff series between the Islanders and Hurricanes? You know, we were talking about moments and signature moments, and, and the the last playoff, the last time the Islanders were in the playoffs, uh, there were so many signature moments. Ryan Pollock mm. saving uh, that puck, Bruce Cassidy calling the Islanders the New York Saints, <laughs> uh, just up and down the list. Tristan Jari mm-hmm. passing it to Josh Bailey. It's, it's, there's there are so many, but there's one that I always come back to that I think about, and it really sums up the best way to approach the Stanley Cup playoffs. And one of the things that I've 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 learned about fandom from one of the many things from a Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo regime team. Uh, game five against the Bruins, Josh Bailey made a mistake. The Bruins got themselves back in the game and the camera immediately panned to Bailey mm. sitting on the bench. I remember where you, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And he just had this, this, this look of completely non, he was just not fussed with, at all. He was already, the, the mistake was already wiped from his memory. He mm. was looking forward. The, the whole bench wasn't rattled. There was like nothing. That, that shook that team. There was no door slam. There was nobody smacking a stick against a post or anything like that. And I just remember mm-hmm. looking at that and, and that striking me and being like, if Josh Bailey, who just made a huge mistake that could cost the Islanders a huge game, can, can kind of shake that off, then, then I'll be able to, to as well. And just, you know, stay even keeled. Yeah. And I never realized how important, just that, just handling the ups and downs of a of a playoff run. Granted, because we never really went on any. Um, <laughs> that staying even keeled was was the hallmark of a good team because 
the Islanders are going to lose games. They're going to lose games. They're going to make stupid mistakes. They're going to let in easy goals in a playoff in a playoff run. If there's in a playoff series, there's always going to be lows and there's going to be highs. And uh, so I've, I'm starting to just mentally prepare myself to. And, I, and this is so hypocritical because I'm not going to be able to. But I'm telling myself now to just get ready to. The swings are going to be enormous. You've already went through so many swings to get to this point that this should just be gravy. It should be fun. And uh, hopefully like when, when these good and bad moments come, I can kind of, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the good ones and, and just move on from the bad ones quickly and just stay as even keeled as Josh Bailey was uh, for that goal. <laughs> and and I'm just going to, every time something, you know, an Islander breaks a stick or something, I'm just going to close my eyes and think of Josh Bailey yeah. and that look on his face and, and, <laughs> and hope that I can handle these swings as well as he did. I, I always think of a moment from that same year where I think it was after Brad Marchand scored in overtime and Adam Pellick gave him a look like, okay, yep. All right. That's fine. We'll get you next time. Like that. Like it was kind of a very similar kind of thing, but I don't think it's being hypocritical. I think you're, you know, this is a calm moment before the, the, you know, the pressure actually starts to mount. And I think consciously, you know that that's true, and eventually you'll kind of get off the rails. But then, in another quiet moment after those things happen, you'll be like, "Wait a minute, that's right. I can I can remember this. This is gravy." So yeah. I think you're you're just preparing yourself. It's not yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we are urge all of you to prepare yourselves and however you need to uh, for this playoff series. And we'll be back after game two and uh, see where the Islanders are at. Thanks a lot. Check out our Patreon for our full playoff preview, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.